Hello and welcome back to the Eurotrips football podcast. The World Cup is now over and Argentina are the world champions after what I must say is the best ever game I've ever watched as they won on penalties after a 3-3 game which saw a 2-2 draw in normal time and two goals next time and a shootout which in the end was won by Argentina. I am your host Andy and I'm this week joined by one of our returning guests. We are back with one of our regulars in Naeem. How are you mate? Yeah, doing very well, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Great stuff, great stuff. And obviously, elephant in the room, it's only us two today. Um, Ryan is actually away in Tenerife, so he's sunning it up and enjoying himself there over Christmas. Jonathan is um, tied up with work, and of course he is in, in California time, so he is quite a far bit behind us. And then Richard is unwell. So it is just me, nine, but we'll sure make a good episode for you. Um of course, we are going to feature in this episode a soundbite from my chat with my good friend from back home, Adam, who spent the time watching the World Cup final in Buenos Aires. So you'll get to hear that later on in the episode. But only one place to start, because Argentina are the World Cup final, a World Cup champions after their World Cup final win over France. Um, first of all, Naeem, what a game that was. Yeah, no, it was. Um, obviously, the first, I'd say, 60 minutes, 70 minutes odd, um, to the stretch, Argentina were in control. But, yeah, I, I didn't think France would start that poorly, to be fair. Like, it's, it's not very often you see, you know, um, two players getting subbed off uh, before even half-time hit. But you could tell Deschamps was not happy uh, with, obviously, Giroud and Dembele. Dembele, he had an awful game, you know, um, gave away one of the penalties. Really and truly, he shouldn't really be in that position being a right winger, you know. He's meant to trap back anyway, but, you know, Jules Koundé should have really been there at the moment. But, yeah, no, um, once, obviously, France got that first goal back, obviously the game turned on its head. And, yeah, I wasn't wasn't expecting, expecting to come back too well. And I, I didn't expect it to go to penalties either, to be fair. I thought once Argentina were 2-0 up, I thought they were pretty much in cruise control. Um, and then, yeah, once, well, obviously, once France got that first goal, gave them the belief and... Uh, Deschamps substitutes kind of did prove to uh, work out in the end, you know. Um, it was bold, bold substitutions, but you know, in in the end, either team could have won it. Um, at the end of extra time, um, at the end, obviously, Martin has made a great save. But yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a good final. Um, it wasn't like one sided like ha- how we've seen in like previous finals, but yeah, it will go down in history because it, it pretty much had everything really, apart from apart from a red card, I'd say. Um, mm. but yeah, it was um, it was a good game and. Yeah, Argentina thoroughly deserve to win. Yeah, and that is their third ever World Cup win. The last one coming in New Mexico in 1986. But yeah, the Dembele substitution was that's the quickest non-injury substitution in World Cup final history. It was a 41 minutes gone. Um, And yeah, Mbappe got a hat-trick and he becomes the second player in history to score a World Cup final hat-trick behind, of course, Jeff Hurst in the 1966 final. But Going back to that substitution, I think it's really you've got to give credit to Deschamps as well because the two sides made a massive impact. Obviously, Coburn did miss the penalty, but he played a big part in the sort of when he came on, and um, the other guy's name is completely passed me by, but he obviously had well, a big part. One. That's the one, yeah, and he almost yeah. really could have scored right at the end as well when he yeah. had that chance one on one. But that's also my next place I want to start because Emmy Martinez got a lot of. Um, there's been a lot of the news recently with us how he sort of behaved and after mm. the game and stuff like that. You've got to credit on the pitch itself, he was a massive part of that. 
not only that game, but also the tournament. I mean, looking at the tournament mm. itself, I mean, he was a hero in the shootout against the Netherlands. Yep. He was a hero again in the shootout in this final and also made some really big saves in the final, none other than the one right before the shootout. Yeah, he's um, he's yeah, he's come a long way, uh, Martinez. You know, um, obviously being an Arsenal fan, he, he was at our club for I think about ten years. He finally got his chance um, a couple of seasons ago when when Leno obviously got injured, and you know he done very well when he came in for us. You know, I thought he would keep him on, but he didn't want to play second fiddle, and you know, he's gone to Aston Villa. Um, his performances have continued still, and yeah, obviously that's noticed. Been noticed as obviously he's been been called up to the the national team. You know, he's. He's always been a good goalkeeper, to be fair, even when he had that short stint of obviously playing for us. But um, yeah, I think they've got a lot to obviously. Obviously, Messi was the the main man, but you know, there's a lot of other players in that team. Um, that yeah, they they put their necks on the line really. Like you said, he was he's, he's been good in the shootouts, even in the Copa America. I think they went to penalties there, and you mm-hmm. know, he I think he saved a few penalties there. So yeah, he's he's well he's well in his right to obviously do that whole you know. Getting under the player skins and whatnot, because you know they they won a World Cup after 30, nearly forty years. So, yeah, fair play to him. Um, his antics seemed to work. Cause obviously, um, I believe it was Tushimeni that missed his penalty, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. um, he kind of put him off. Um, obviously before Tushimeni got the ball, he kind of threw the ball away and then made him like you know walk up to him, you know, getting into his head. Obviously, he's still young, Tushimeni anyway. So there's not too there's not too much to worry about there. And with France, they'll be back again because. Even their B team got to well, they had a few injuries coming into the tournament, but even their B team, even though they didn't play the greatest of football, they still managed to get to another final. So it just goes to show like how much depth they've got um in that squad. And they've got quite a lot of good young up and coming players coming through. So yeah, they'll be back um at the next tournament and you know, fair play to them getting to back to back finals. You know, they could have been the first team since Brazil to win back to back finals, but you know, it was it was kind of just written in the stars that Argentina were going to win because you know you might see Messi at the next World Cup, but you know he's got he's won literally everything you can in football now. So yeah, it was a it was a good way to good way to end it really. Yeah, and I'm very surprised he actually did say he wanted to carry on because I get the reason why mm. because you know he gets to play as a world champion. But for me, I think you know a lot of sportsmen's legacy all depends on how they end their career, and I think it's one thing Ronaldo is going to really suffer from now is that. How he's ended it, but I think Messi, you know, in terms of international basis, what more can he do? He's won a Copa America, he's won the World Cup, and yeah, he won't get to play a game as a holder. But your last game as a for your country is going to be winning the World Cup, and the sort of the send off he had and the celebrations he got, I, I, I'm very surprised you say he's going to carry on. But, um, but I do think France. I think Argentina that might be their last chance in a few years. But I think you look at the France team. Not only have they got good players, they got a lot of good young players. Mm. Mbappe is 23. I mean, the recent goal is obviously he's getting on, but he'll probably play in four years' time. Yeah. Ran probably not, but Ubman, Carlin, and Canate are both young defenders. Same with Kounde. Saliba. Um, Saliba, yeah, he could be involved. Ubman, Carlin, I don't really rate that much, but he, Saliba nah. will be involved. And he, for me, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him, Saliba. Look, Tusha Meni, you know, Gwen Doozy's involved. Um, you know, Kamavinga coming through as well. Yeah, and obviously just... Mbappe. Um, yeah, he'd think... be he'd be like probably like the most senior player in that next World Cup squad <laughs> yeah. to be fair. Yeah, like yeah. It's just crazy, man. It's just crazy the um the amount of players that the French um produce and yeah, they they always um get far in tournaments now, to be fair, because yeah, like I said, the amount of players that they are producing is it's crazy, man. Mm. And yeah, it's just gonna um continue. But 
Yeah, what you're saying about Upper McConnell, yeah, Kanata is a much better defender out of the two. Um, you know, he he did pretty well this tournament, um, Kanate. I know he hasn't really played too much for you guys, I don't think, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's um he's had a good tournament, I'd I'd say. Yeah, I agree. And talking of good tournaments, um Enzo Fernandez from Arshina did win the the young player of the tournament and of course player of the tournament. Actually, but I don't I think it was Messi, and then Golden Golden Boot Golden Boot went to Mbappe. Okay, I yeah. mean I think if that performance doesn't cement his place as the best player in the world right now, Mbappe, I'm not sure what will, to be honest. I mean, just from that point of view, also mentioned before that he got um, the f- only second ever in history World Cup final hat-trick. I mean, he's at the peak of his powers right now. He's not even hit his prime yet. Um, would you would you say that he probably is the best player in the world as well? At, yeah, I'd say at the moment, yeah. there's you know There's not really many players that really stand out to me, but... You know, like in the game, he was quite quiet for the large part of it. But you know, world class players they'll pop up at any chance, and you know, to score a hat trick in the final was is, is is no mean feat either. And you know, to to also they got two penalties, and he went the same way both times. You know, that takes takes a lot of courage as well, because you know he could have easily gone the other way. And then even in the penalty shootout, he went the um other way. But yeah, if he um if he can stay fit, the amount of records he's going to break is crazy because he's only what four four goals behind um, the World Cup record already, and he's only played in two two mm. World Cups. So, yeah, if he um, I- I'd say yeah, at the moment he probably is the best player in the world. People might say Messi, but you know, it's they're still still two great players to be fair, and you know they showed they showed how great they are in the, in the final by obviously Messi scoring twice and him scoring a hat trick. What, what would you say is the best player in the world? Yeah, I say I say my front three would be. Messi and Mbappe on either side, and then up front, either Haaland or Benzema. It really is a coin mm. flip out of them two in terms of a world eleven. Um, but I think looking back at the goal as well, I mean that second goal we scored. I mean, in Ooh. terms of the shock value, in terms of the moment where you're like, wow, I don't think I really I can think of many other times. Maybe except you know the Aguero goal against QPR. You know you've got the mm. um, maybe Love, maybe Lovren against Dortmund or as against. But since when I've watched the game, I'd be just Lost for words and just, right, yeah. I think that is one of them because that was just because, as you said before, I was saying to my, I was watching actually, I had a quite nice day. Was, the whole family were there, so I had my brother, my dad, myself, myself, my mum, and my brother, the other half Chelsea. So, um, it it was a really nice day out for the family watching it all together, especially myself, having been away for so long. But, um, in terms of when we're all watching that, I was saying to literally, this game is over after 65 minutes. I think this game's. That's so one-sided and so dull, and then out of nowhere, just explodes into this. What I've I view now is definitely the best game I've ever watched, and there's even people who are thirty years older than me are saying the same thing. So it really is a game for the ages, and I think that that the shock value of that goal really just took my breath away, and I'll, I just couldn't believe what was going on. Um, but of course, um, to the we saw the celebrations in Argentina um, and how good that was. One of my really good friends, Adam, was actually in Argentina for that final. Um, so he was there from the Friday and got and was there for the, the, the last few days. He got to see the final, watch it in Argentina and go to the parade. So I had a chat with him earlier today. Let's go to that now as me and Adam discuss what his experience was like watching Argentina win the World Cup in Argentina. So I'm here with my good friend, Adam, who was, of course, in Argentina for the World Cup final. Uh, first of all, how are yeah. you? Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, just uh, obviously been Buenos Aires now for a few days and I was coming to Uruguay. Um, yeah, all good. Sun shining. Loving it. 
Yeah, I bet. I mean, it's their summer as well, so it must be amazing yeah. experience. Um, and obviously, you booked this holiday two or three months before the final, so you booked it well. Yeah. So obviously, you were cheering on Argentina for the whole time, knowing yeah. you'd been there for the final. You'd been cheering yeah. on sort of all the way. Um, so you arrived on the sixteenth. That would have been the Friday before the final. So you had two or three yeah. days before the game started. How would you describe the atmosphere in terms of the build-up to the game, in terms of when you went around the restaurants, when you went around the pubs? How would you describe sort of the atmosphere in Argentina prior to the final happening? Oh, it was brilliant. You could, you could see in the, um, the whole of the city, just like going around, everyone was cheering, singing like Argentina songs. You know, the, the spirits were high. I think there was a lot of, a lot of people really thought that this was, this was the one. I think Messi was just, you know, absolutely on fire, the lead-up to the final. Um, people you can see like everyone's wearing a number 10 Messi shirt everywhere like none of the other players like really get much of a look in <laughs> um, it was all busy Buenos Aires you know beautiful city I recommend it to anyone um, wonderful atmosphere everyone's like really friendly you know I think they expect a lot from this team and yeah obviously they've gone on to um, to win it really so and the mood's just been like you know party atmosphere ever since yeah in terms of the, the day itself as well in terms of you know the morning of the game and sort of when the national anthems was playing, how would you describe that? Was a similar sort of atmosphere then? Was it just getting louder and louder as the closer towards the game starting? It was, it was getting. I think it was getting sort of louder. I think we, you know, the game started at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. Um, here with three hours behind the UK, um, and you know, people started sort of filtering to you know the streets and the bars. Sort of, I guess, eleven o'clock. People singing there. You know, they got a few different songs that they sing. Um, it was getting busy. You could see that people, you know, very emotional. It's very, you know, from being here, you know, obviously you hear it from being back home, how sort of mad it is. It's a huge, huge part of the culture. And, you know, when the national took going off, like you said, it was just, you know, it wasn't a dry iron house. To be honest, it was um, very emotional. I felt I was on the for the day. And, um, yeah, it was just fantastic. They were so good. <laughs> and where were you watching? Were you watching it sort of with a big screen? Were you watching in a bar somewhere, in a restaurant? How were you watching the game? We watched it in a bar, so we were just in the sort of centre, you know, quite quite central when it says, you know, went into a bar. We were there like an hour and a half early, just wanted to obviously get a seat, and then it started, you know, filling up quite quickly. I don't know, there was bars about 100, you know, maybe 100 and something people in the bar that we were in. There was another one next door that was the same, um, and a couple of doors down, so it was like a very busy sort of street of bars. Um, yeah. And then, of course, obviously the game itself is, they're saying already one of the best games ever in football well, history. I mean, yeah. one the best game I've certainly seen in my lifetime. I mean, in terms of yeah. that, in terms of you had the normal time, then the extra time and the penalties. I mean, that must just been incredible yeah. to be watching that in Argentina, in Buenos Aires as well, the capital, watching such a great game. I imagine in the bar itself, it must have been just mixture of nerves a mixture of just noise and atmosphere how would you describe as well when the actual game was going on how would you describe for the listeners terms of how crazy it was watching the game live as it happened as things unfolded it was just an absolute roller coaster like i said i've never never ever experienced a game full of that in my life just like the ups and downs obviously for 80 minutes they were absolutely unstoppable they were they, they played the perfect game really they were all over them france had nothing and then you know, there's part of the table seeing people like standing on the tables and stuff, like thinking that that was it really. And obviously within two minutes, it's just completely, completely changed. And the mood obviously was a bit like, a bit cagey then towards the sort of end of the, um, the end of the sort of, you know, 90 minutes. And then the people were like, you know, really cheering the team, people like filling out into the streets and stuff, like, you know, singing and stuff. Obviously back in for the, for the, for the next part. And it was, you know, a lot of just singing, chanting, clapping and people like, you know, visibly just getting very emotional. 
um, and obviously Messi scores and it's just pandemonium, um, completely just crazy. Just everyone was in the, the bars, all the kids were like running around. It was just like, it was an atmosphere I had an experience for and like my heart was like absolutely racing. As, you know, not as a person for that nation, I was absolutely racing. Um, just the way the game went. And then obviously it went to three all. And it was just like, no one even realised the penalty had been given because they don't show as much like the VR stuff like they do um, in the UK on the TVs there. Um, and it happened, it was just, I think sort of new penalties were coming. But I think like people were quietly confident. I think performances Martinez has had this tournament, I think the penalty taker still on the pitch for Argentina. I think people were sort of slightly quietly confident they were going to actually do it. And obviously, blow and behold, it happened. And as soon as that happened, everyone rushed the streets. Mm. People were out their balconies, like waving their flags, like throwing like champagne and stuff. I've got a few videos I can send to you and um, like dancing in the streets. People like, like pictures of like Maradona and Messi and it just, yeah, crazy atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, you sent me a lot of videos on Facebook and it just looked, it looked like a massive party and it really just looked well, like, I mean, I, I imagine, I mean, me, I was saying when if England won the World Cup or when France won it four years ago, you saw how crazy Paris got and you saw how crazy England got just getting to the final of the Euros, let alone winning it. So it just puts another level when you see what went on, both your videos as well as ones I saw online, just how crazy that is and how passionate that country is about yeah. people. Um obviously yeah, you left exactly. there, you obviously in the main part of the street when you know when they did win it and you obviously you left the trophy yeah. parade as well, was it yesterday? Yeah. Um so obviously in terms of that. Was that just as crazy as what you saw in the game, or did it just go get again to another level on top of that? It was it was even crazier to be honest. So I guess following the game, we all went to the obelisk, which obviously you've probably seen as the big sort of pillar um, in the center in the center there. That people followed that after the game, and it was just people were dancing, singing for for a very long time, um, very busy, you know. And then obviously the parade was a bit more obviously everyone was there sort of at the same time. There's about I think it was about five million people there in total from like where the training ground is which is where they started the parade, down to where the obelisk is, which is where the end point was, was, was supposed to be. And it was just parties non-stop, people like doing drums, singing, dancing, people also on top of the, the bus stop, people on top of the lamppost, swinging the flag, setting off flares. It was just chaos. Um, and everyone was just like, you know, just so happy, obviously. Passionate, it's been 30, 36 years since the last one won. Um, I think because it was messy, it's become a bit more special as well. Um, but yeah, the party didn't stop until very late last night. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, <laughs> again, looking on online and looking at all the celebrations on different players' social media, yeah. when they were just, they looked like they were having a good time themselves. I think finally, just off a non-sporting point of view, there'll be listeners here who may want to go to Argentina on a holiday. Yeah. Um, is there any recommendations you'd recommend of places to go in Argentina? So I guess I've just been in Buenos Aires, but Buenos Aires, if you're a tourist, is a one obviously just to walk around, like, just like, you know, if you like your football stuff and you've got all that, obviously, if it's got like really lovely restaurants and bars, it's all like, it's, it's not too expensive. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's very clean. It's, it's a very nice city, very vibrant, very colourful. So even just to come here, just to walk around and enjoy for a few days and also then go to different parts of the country, a lot of like really nice beaches, um, good weather, good climate conditions. It's, it's a fantastic country, very welcoming. Um, and obviously just, yeah, on top of that, just throw a World Cup in, you know. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Yeah, beautiful like yeah, yeah. yeah, beautiful, beautiful part of the world. We, we're going to go to um, Cordoba and Mendoza yet, on the trip. So I can see if, like, what they're like as well. Fantastic. But yeah, that yeah. has been my chat with Adam. So let's get back to the rest of the podcast. And that was my chat with Adam. I mean, 
I said it before in our chat, but that I can't imagine how good that would be. Um, but yeah, going back to the game itself, I mean, I, I think my dad made a very good point, or he raised a good point with me today, that really is one of the only positives about the new rules they've created, is that apparently for the messy goal he scored an extra time, the mm -hmm. linesman thought he was offside. So apparently he, um, obviously he was told to, they're always told these days linesmen to um, keep the flag down till the play's over. And apparently that's what all the commotion was with um, after the goal we scored next time. Uh, I, apparently, this is basically what my dad told me, apparently Messi, the linesman thought either Mbappe or someone else, Messi or someone's offside. Mm. Apparently that's why they took on because they were telling the linesman, oh wait, he is wrong. He is onside. So I think that, that for me showed one of the only positive of the new change, one of the only positives we've seen of the new changes to the rules. Um, but in terms of the yeah, in terms of the game itself, I I think we've spoken enough about it now. I think it really was a great game. Um and yeah, I think this game really will go down as one of the best in history. Is there any game you can think of that comes even close to this game for you, Nine? Um I would say that the last final, but it was more I think France were, were kind of in control of the majority of that game anyway. And then the two previous finals after that, they were both 1-0. So they weren't... They were still good games, but they weren't the greatest of ones. And then was it uh, the one before that was 2006, wasn't it? Oh, that, was, that was a good final. That, that was my favourite until this year. The Zidane headbutt alone, just <laughs> shock value from that. I mean, that's been always been my favourite walk-up yeah, final, walk-up game, really, until um, until this yeah, year. I when that first happened, I couldn't believe it. I was like, in a final, I, was, I, was, I wasn't expecting to see something like that. But yeah, obviously it's rememberable for that reason. But yeah, I think since I've been alive and what I can remember, yeah, that, that would probably was best, as a neutral, but the best best final I've seen. Like, and like I said, it had pretty much everything apart from a red card. But yeah, um, yeah, I can't think of, think of any other ones, really. Um, obviously, people that are older might say, you know, previous finals, but, you know... I, I, you know, we weren't alive to see them, so we can only go go by what you know what we've seen. Um, what would you say? Would you say that's the best one since you've been alive? Yeah, I think it's the best game I've seen out there in final. I mean, um, you know, I love the 2006 final purely for the Zidane incident, but the game itself oh. was nowhere near on that level. No, no, it wasn't. 2010 was bad, but at least you had the the violence and the yellow cards and all that. Yeah. 2014 was the worst I've seen. That was just a terrible final, but at yeah. least there was you know the edge of you know. Next goal wins its sort of mentality. Yeah. Um, 18 was good. I liked 18, but 2002 was obviously, I was a bit too young to know what was going on. I remember it, but I don't think I really knew what was going on when I watched yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, in terms of, I actually did a tweet about this. I think the three best games I've watched in any any tournament would be this one on Sunday. Second would be, or third, I think it's a coin flip between City QPR and Liverpool yeah. AC Milan. Um, so I think any of those games. But I yeah, think this one here tops it for me. Yeah, no, that was a good good picks to be fair. Like that's another debate in itself, the best games, you know, you've, you've seen. That's another podcast in itself. Oh yeah. That, I think <laughs> that, that's in the works, I think. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, even look at the best World Cup games. I think the second best game I've seen, you could argue, might be the game between these two teams four years ago when they met in the four three in twenty eighteen in Russia. I mean, that itself, Oh yeah. I remember that. That was Yeah, because I think the Pavard scored like a great oh. goal in the game, and Di Maria. Yeah, the, yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, that was that was a really good game. To be fair, that was yeah. I can't remember who was managing Argentina at the time, but yeah, they they had a good team then, but they just never could 
I don't know, they just can never get over the line. But yeah, that was another great game. So, some good goals in that game as well, like, um, like I mentioned. Yeah, I mean, that volley from Pavard, that's, you could, that's probably the perfect volley, really. You could probably, I mean, you're in the, obviously, look at volleys, Paul Scholes is one against Villa and Bradford, yeah. both of them. I think uh, probably the best volley, obviously, Zidane's one against Leverkusen is, to me, one of the best goals ever scored. But um, yeah, I think that the, the technique on that volley, especially, it's sort of, it's a, yeah, it, that's just something that not many can say they've done. And I think that's yeah. why it's, that's why it's up there as one of the best. Um in terms of the tournament itself, I mean, what's your overall take on the tournament? I mean, obviously, it was a tournament full of plenty of shocks, plenty of high-scoring games, plenty of stoppage time. What's oh, your take yeah. on the World Cup in general? What's your take been on this this tournament? Um, I, I think it's been a very good um, tournament. Obviously, apart from like the you know the po- politics side of things, you know, um, obviously we're not going to get too much into that. But apart from obviously those those side of things, I think it was a very very good. Um, very good World Cup because obviously Qatar's not a really big country itself. Um, I believe like um, the distance between like the further stadiums and that was about thirty miles. So, mm. and you know, it was obviously in in, the, in their country. You know, they have different rules and whatnot. Um, and yeah, obviously, there was, I don't think there was many. I don't think there was many arrests or from what I'm hearing. Um, all the fans seem to get on with well with each other. And like you said, yeah, there was quite a few upsets. You know, Argentina's first game against Saudi Arabia, like. Obviously, that game was on when I was at work, so I had it on my phone. I, I couldn't couldn't believe what I was seeing. To be fair, um, everyone thought Argentina, you know, would just walk the floor with them. But yeah, they had that game. You know, Japan they well they beat both, beat both um, Spain and Germany. Germany having another bad bad tournament. But yeah, it's just it's just great to see. You know, obviously Morocco getting far as well. No one expected that. Um, getting to a semi final. You know, first first ever African nation to to do so. Obviously. The previous best uh, record was quarterfinals um, from Ghana and I believe Cameroon. Mm-hmm. But I think so, yeah. Yeah, like it's you know apart from obviously the uh, dodgy referee decisions here and there, um, I think it was a very very good tournament. Um, it's just a shame I couldn't see many games, obviously because great three of them are on while I was at work or coming home from work, so it was only really the seven o'clock games I could actually sit down and properly watch, but. Yeah, we yeah we saw quite a lot, you know. We saw like we said, shocks. We saw great goals. Um, you know that's uh, with Charlison's um, overhead kick. That that was a good mm-hmm. one. Obviously, Mbappe in the final. Yeah, there's a lot of great goals. Um, there's no trouble at the tournaments, and yeah, everyone just seemed to have a good time there. You know. Um, so yeah, I think obviously this is the first one in the Middle East. Um, and I think probably going forward, you you might see it more often there. Um, I believe Saudi Arabia won a bid for. I can't remember which one it was. I think it may be two or three World Cups from now uh, when it comes back to that sort of region. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, there's a good World Cup. Obviously, it's different being in December, but, you know, I still I still, still enjoyed it. Obviously, I was a bit sceptical at first, but, yeah, they've um, they, yeah, they done very well, Qatar. So, yeah, nothing but praise, really. Yeah, I mean, I think that the lack of alcohol certainly helped with fan trouble. And as you see, a lot of time you saw fans mixing with other fans, which... I don't think I saw in any other tournament. I don't think I've seen nah. as big a thing. So I think it shows that maybe that's a, that recipe. I don't know, but yeah, in terms of the walk <laughs> itself, I mean, it's um, yeah, it's, for me, it's a tournament. I think. I mean, I I've mentioned before in the previous podcast that I I barely watch this World Cup. If I'm honest, because of my travels and yeah. just come to basically mindset of uh, there's other World Cups. Um, you know, I've got to enjoy it when I'm here, sort of thing. But I've got to say, you know, for me as a Welshman. Even though we had a terrible tournament, 
it was just so nice for me to see Wales play in the World Cup because, you know, this is something I wanted. I mean, there's many things on my on my sporting buckets I want to see live. I, Liverpool win the Champions League was ticked off very early. Stat wasn't really on it, but Liverpool <laughs> winning the Premier League. Um, Dolphins winning the Super Bowl, I know it's a different sport, but, you know, like, and Wales winning the Rugby World Cup. And one of them was Wales making a major tournament in football. And the, obviously the Euros twice. happened in 2016. Mm. Obviously, I was very lucky to be in France for one of the games. But then, obviously... The World Cup was still like a thing for me where it was like seeing every four years England, but obviously being from where I am in Wales, where it's so close to England, having a lot of English friends every four years, seeing um, houses glittered with England flags and seeing every time England, it just made me really want Wales to be involved one year. And even though, you know, even I was traveling, I didn't have to get to watch it with my family. It was still so cool to see us playing the World Cup. When that... You know, it's like because uh, I think um, Qatar, um, like size wise, is like smaller than well. So, like, to get to a world cup is you know, it's hard enough as it is. You know, obviously, all the top nations, like, you know, their fans they expected to get to world cups all the time, but you know, obviously, you know, first time was since the 60s, wasn't it? Was it uh, 1958 in Sweden? Yeah, the last, last game you played was we lost one nil to Brazil and Pele scored. So, there you go. So, you know, yeah, get like. Obviously, as smaller nations, you know, getting to the World Cup is is great, and you know, okay, you didn't get out of the group, but you know, it's, it's you know, you done you done yourselves proud, really. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be other World Cups. You know, the way football's going, obviously, they're adding more teams to the World Cup, so you know, it might be a bit more easier for certain teams to get through. But yeah, um, you know, I've been in a group with you know England, USA, and um, Iran. You know, no, I, I don't think anyone really expected. You know, whilst to get out, they probably just fought England and USA, which happened in the end. But yeah, for 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 a country smaller than Qatar, yeah, you you done done well to get there. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean that that bail goal against USA, even though you know it was a draw, we didn't win the game. I think that moment where you know, annoyingly, I, my own downside is that the, even though they were playing you, even though they were playing USA, the bar. In Cleveland was was didn't play Nash didn't play the sound of either national anthem which, wow. I thought, but when I heard the national anthem against Ron that was quite moving for myself and obviously when Bale scored the goal our only goal of the tournament um certainly when that went in that was one of my my favorite moments of the tournament was watching Bale score because you know we may never see Wales score a goal or be in a World Cup again let alone score one because who knows what the future holds but yeah either way I mean Rob Page I'm. Definitely would like a different manager in for the next tournament. But if we make if we make another tournament run, I would like him to be a different manager to be involved. But yeah. he can't really fault him because he did get us to our first World Cup in you know sixty two years. Um, but before we do end the podcast, we are going to quickly run through our results for our predictions. So yeah. as you know, we did a preview episode of the World Cup where we all gave our predictions, and we had it was myself, Naeem, Ryan, and Jonathan all gave our predictions. Um, and the, the categories were winners, runners-up, top goal scorer, overachievers, underachievers, play up the tournament. And if you haven't heard our process before, how we do these predictions, we did it for the Euros, we did it for the Premier League last year. It, there's a scoring system in place, so we give what three points if your predictions bang on, one point if it was close, and zero points if you're well off. Um, so first of all, the winner of the World Cup, um, three of us also Brazil, so myself, Ryan and Naeem all said Brazil were going to win the World Cup with Jonathan staying in the Netherlands. So we all get zero points. So not a great <laughs> start from all of us there. Oh, um, God. Now, runners-up. Um, interesting. So I went for England. 
like at one point because they got to the quarterfinals, you know, it was close to getting to semi final. Yeah. You said the Netherlands, so again, one point for yourself. Um, because you also made the quarterfinals. But interesting. One person out of the four said Argentina would make the final, and one person said France. So with a three points saying with a one point saying Argentina, it was Ryan, which means Jonathan did say France as their runners up, and he so he gets wow. three points. So well done to him for that one. Okay. Top goal scorer. Um <laughs> interesting. So with this one. <laughs> Ryan said Kareem Benzema, which is a bit of unfortunate <laughs> because I think if he did play, he would have been up there in a contender, especially with France making the final. But yeah. unfortunately for Ryan, he gets no points there. I went for Darwin Nunes, which he you scored no score goal. Did he? No, and that's back <laughs> the points I'm getting. I mean, I was, I, I still think you know he will come back. And I, you know, I've been a big, def- big fan of him, big defender of him in recent weeks on the podcast, and I did. Have him down. I was quite felt strongly actually about him being top goal scorer, but in the end, he scored no goals, and I get no points from that. Now again, one person said Messi and one person said Mbappe. So Naim, you did say Messi as your top goal scorer, but you come very close and just get one point, which means Jonathan once again is bang on with getting Mbappe. So he gets three points. Um, Well done for getting in that. That was a close battle between you two on on that final game. I think um, they were when they level one goals, weren't they? Until yes. yeah, yeah, they both had five before the game started, and then Messi got two, uh, Mbappe got three. So, um, so yeah, that's um, another good prediction from Jonathan. Mm. Um, overachievers and underachievers, actually, come to think of it, <laughs> we all got no points. So, no one got a right overachiever, no one got a right underachiever. Um, so overachievers, Ryan went for Uruguay, who of course went out in the group stage. Um, Naeem went for Serbia, who again got knocked out of the group stage. Useless. So myself and Jonathan went for Qatar, which was one of the worst takes of the whole tournament. That was um, not a great chat from either of us. Um, underachievers, Ryan said England, as did Naeem. Um, <laughs> here comes the funny part. My underachievers prediction was France, <laughs> Jonathan's was Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> so that no was. Couldn't be more wrong when it comes to the underachievers for me, for me and Jonathan. Um, and then finally, play of the tournament. Um, this one's subjective because, you know, and apart from getting the actual award, you know, underachievers, overachievers is the same thing, you know. So I've given a couple of points for close by because one person's pick did score in the final and one person's pick did score in the quarterfinal and had a big part to play and would have had a big part to play if this team got to the semi-final. So first of all, Ryan had Gabriel Martinelli, which is... Surprising at the time, and it's still surprising now, so he gets no points there. <laughs> I don't think he played much apart from maybe the final game. Um, John went for Van Dyke, which I almost give a point for, but I didn't think maybe it was quite worthy enough because he did miss a penalty in the shootout. Um, okay. And then I went for Di Maria, gave myself a point there because he did score in the final, um, but obviously didn't play enough to really warrant any more than that. And now you went for Neymar, who, of course, was playing a big part in the tournament before they did go out, but of course the players it did go to Messi in the end. So yeah, one point for each of us there, which means at the end of our scores, in fourth place is Ryan with just one point with his Argentina runners up prediction. Myself is in third place with two points with my uh England and my Di Maria runners up and player tournament predictions, which means there's only one winner. So out of Naeem and Jonathan, the winner is Jonathan. 
who had six points compared to Naeem's three. So Jonathan got three points for correctly predicting France will finish runners-up and three points for correctly predicting Mbappe will get the golden boot. And Naeem, with three points, is your one point for getting Messi goal top goal scorer, one point for Netherlands and one point as runners-up and one point for Neymar as the play-ups tournament. So that can, firstly, congrats, Jonathan. I'm sure you're listening to this podcast. So congrats to you. Um, some really good predictions there and some really bang on predictions. Um, but that is the end of the podcast and the end of our World Cup episodes. We will be back next week for more as domestic football is back. So Boxing Day is when we'll see the Premier League back. I've not checked when the La Liga, Syria, and all them are back. But I imagine this year with a winter break earlier than expected, we might see their football back normal earlier than normal. Um, but yeah, that has been the Euro Trips Football Podcast. I've been your host, Andy. This has been Naeem. Thank you for listening, and we will see you guys soon.